This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. As someone who has won the New Hampshire presidential primary not once but twice, and by the way, I believe we also won two general elections, okay, if you want to know the truth. And I believe it very strongly in plenty of other places also. But I know better than anybody what a special role the state has, the people have, and uh, really it's uh, a place for American presidents. And one of the things Steve told, I told him, Steve, you can help with the campaign a little bit, but what I really want is help on that final day of voting. You know, it used to be a day, right, with paper ballots. Now it's, to, in some cases, 64 days. How about that? We have 64 days to vote, and we have all machines. We have no paper. We have no nothing, and lots of surprises. I said, I really want the biggest help to be on Election Day or Election Period. Uh, think of that. We have to call it an Election Period. Someday we'll be back to paper ballots. We'll be back to... Voter ID, we'll be back to... We'll be back to doing it the way it's supposed to be, one day voting. You know, in France, they had an election, it was one day, there were 38 million people. It took one day, and by 10 o'clock in the evening, all the votes were counted. You had a winner, you had a loser, and everybody said, good luck, see you next time. But uh, we don't have that in this country anymore. We've gone crazy in so many ways. Out of touch. That was President Donald Trump in New Hampshire this weekend, kicking off his 2024 run. A lot. He was met with a lot of criticism that he was low energy, and then he went on to attack DeSantis again, which is beyond stupid. And as uh, both me and the birthday boy here today, Andrew Giuliani, agree, he needs to stop doing. Our Monday morning guest at this time is uh, always great. He's the editor of the National Review. Politico, NBC, his uh, columns often syndicated in the New York Post, like one I saw this weekend, which we'll get to later on in this conversation. But Rich Lowry, let's start with uh, Trump's speech. Again, met with some criticism by both Republicans and Democrats that he sounded very low energy. And then he went on to attack DeSantis again on the plane, talking about loyalty, how DeSantis should never run again because he helped him with government. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. What do you thought? And again, I- I'm a Trump guy for this idiotic audience. I'm a Trump guy. I would vote for Trump today if it was the election. But if he continues to do this type of stuff, he's not going to win. Your thoughts on how we started this weekend? Well, he clearly still has some potency left. You know, you see it in some of the national polls where he's still leading DeSantis. He had a bad poll in New Hampshire the other day that had him behind in DeSantis in New Hampshire. But the problem he has is is he caught lightning in a bottle in a big way in 2015 and 2016. Can you do that again? You know, that's really hard to do. And a key to doing it, one of the keys in 15 and 16, he talked about issues that really mattered to people and they felt deeply that no one else talked about, whether it was the border, whether it was opioids in a place like New Hampshire, whether it was trade with China. And now his main thing is the stolen election, you know, which some some people believe, but not all. And most people realize, you know, we're not we're not winning on that plank in uh, 2024. And 
DeSantis. You know, he, he clearly he fears DeSantis. He realizes he's a threat. But um, I, I think it behooves him. I'm with you guys n- not to talk about him now. You know, when he gets in the race, okay, you know, you, you have a competition. It's 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 fair game. But it seems defensive. It seems off. Um, it really hurt him when he did it before the election, and I don't think it's getting him much now. And Rich, how would you advise him to actually talk about DeSantis when he gets in the race? Because I've talked about this a little bit with friends of mine. It's a very difficult position, I think, that Trump is in in terms of getting the messaging right. I agree you shouldn't be talking about him now because he's not in the race. But when he does, how do you actually capture that where you, you can really try to politically maneuver the right messaging on that? Yeah, so 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 this is a tricky thing. Is Trump is very good at personally destroying people, right? You know, fi- finding their weakness, getting the nickname that hits at the weakness, just hammering it home. And we saw it, you know, happen to candidate after candidate, Republican candidate in 2016. It might be trickier doing that with DeSantis because this is the first time, you know, DeSantis is not Jeb Bush. Uh, conservatives feel vested in him. They they realize DeSantis has the right enemies just as much as Trump does, and they they appreciate DeSantis's toughness. So. Going personal against them might not work. Um, so, you know, I, I would say, say, you know, make a, a substantive and respectful counter case. But of course, that's not that's the that's not Trump style. He's going to come up with some nickname and just try to hammer him to the ground. And he might succeed. I just think it's trickier than than it was in 16. Tomorrow, Carol Markowitz is going to join this program. Your colleague at the New York Post. And yep, she's wonderful. She is wonderful. You talk about the issues with education which have to improve in this city, by the way, under Mayor Eric Adams and certainly across the country. But your most recent article, talking about DeSantis and Carol Markowitz, DeSantis is right to reject the woke AP African-American studies curriculum. This was uh, something that uh, DeSantis was was out there talking about last week, Uh, not opposed to the teaching of African-American history, just the way it's being taught Tell the folks about this column and why DeSantis is a thousand percent right. Yeah, so the, the College Board, this this organization does the SATs and other things, comes up with these AP courses around the country, uh, which you know no one can have an objection to. A, AP English, math for for people particularly ahead and, and talented and want to get a step ahead on their their college careers, but they they've come up with one on African American studies, which I think is an inherently politicized discipline, and the curriculum has has leaked. And the first three sections of it, you know, they're fine, just seem to go through. The, the history of African Americans in, in America, which no one can object to. But then the fourth part of it that gets to contemporary issues has a favorable treatment of Black Lives Matter, favorable treatment of the reparations movement, has a, a segment on black queer studies, and recommends all <laughs> these far left uh, writers, neo Marxists, and others with no balance whatsoever. So DeSantis says no. And it takes some guts to say no, because you know what they're going to say. They're going to say, oh, you don't want to study African Americans because you're a racist, right. which is, of course, what they said. But then the college board has showed signs of, of perhaps backing down. They said they're going to do, you know, the, the course is still flexible. They're going to do revisions. So hopefully he at least improves this course. I don't think this kind of, I don't think this is the way about to go about studying this topic because it, it imports a politicized model from colleges and universities. I think African-American history is American history and should be taught within American history classes. But this is, um, if, if nothing else, he's going to make this course better and maybe, maybe uh, get some red states also to reduce it if it doesn't improve enough. Just to emphasize what you're talking about, one day last week, I think it was Friday, Friday on the same day we celebrated the 50 years of the Vietnam Treaty, 50 years that war ended, that same day was Holocaust Remembrance Day, 
78 years to the date that Auschwitz was liberated. I asked my 14-year-old son, Gabriel, hey, you're in school on Friday. What happened in history? No, Dad, we're still doing civil rights and slavery. It Mm -hmm. doesn't. And this is New York. We've changed schools. We like this school a lot better than the last one. But on a day like that, Vietnam and the Holocaust, there is still doing civil rights and slavery. How do you sell that, Rich Lowry? Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know the particulars of of your son's school. School, obviously. I mean, those are huge topics and important topics, and they should be taught. And um, this is this is an amazing story. African Americans were great advocates of freedom, even though they were in, uh, enslaved and discriminated against for a couple centuries in America. That's great. We, we should we should know about that. But it's not the only thing you should know about. You shouldn't wallow in the notion that America is fundamentally corrupt and racist the way the 1619 Project, which now has a, a Hulu series. Um, and you know, children's book version and all the rest of it. That's that's the ideology that's being um, uh, imported into our schools and stuffed down our children's throats. And that's wrong. And that's what needs to be resisted. Another article you have out, Rich, is uh, actually something that Sid was talking about here on Friday. Uh, actually, you might have said the exact same words, which is if the Memphis cops were white. And then the subtitle is everything would have been different. How do you see this having played out? Had Tyree Nichols, who uh, sadly was beaten to death, um, would have been by white cops. I mean, everything would have been different. It, the, uh, uh, the you know we had some quote unquote mostly peaceful action uh, over the weekend, but we would have seen rioting in every uh, city in America, practically big or small. Every corporation, every elite institution would have found some way to signal their assent with the idea that America is fundamentally racist. All these uh, DEI uh, grifters and cranks would have gotten more funding. The, um, the ball games yesterday, they, the, you know, the players would have made some sort of demonstration beforehand, on and on and on. And my fundamental point here, these, these cops, you know, maybe we'll, we'll, learn, we'll learn more, but it looks really bad. And the, the guys I've talked to who are pro-cop but experts in this area just say they're incompetent and there's just no excuse ever to, to just yeah. beat a guy like that ever. You know, they had ample time, five big guys, to get him cuffed. This guy was about 145 pounds, and it was, it was incompetence and then malice on top of it, you know, and bad decision-making, et cetera. But if black cops, if that can be the reason black cops um, mishandle a white, uh, a black arrestee, why can't that be the same reason white cops do it? Right. right? It's true. They instantly go, oh, the white cops are racist. No, they might be poorly trained and poorly supervised and angry in the moment, you know, or make a poor decision. So I think that this whole thing really puts pay to the idea that it's it's racism that accounts for uh, in, in any um, um, mishandling or, or, or brutal treatment of a black suspect well, when, when there's a white cop. And there only had to be one white cop there, and the whole thing would have been different. And, Rich, even with that, you had the Corey Bushes of the world and the Reverend Al Sharptons yeah. of the world. I'm sorry, Al Sharptons of the world actually coming out there and saying this is institutional yeah. racism. Idiots. Yeah. Idiots. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's laughable <laughs> and absurd that, the, that these cops, you know, with black families, presumably black children, right, to self-loathing and hate blacks right, <laughs> out on the streets to, to beat up black kids to, to serve the white man. And, and on top of everything else being absurd, it's profoundly insulting, you know, that, that it's also it's and dangerous on, on string yeah. c- controlled by their white puppet masters. It's also dangerous because it takes one idiot to believe it. And the next thing you know, two black cops are gunned down mm-hmm. in Brooklyn by some moron from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And who the hell knows? So it's not just uh, insulting and silly. It is dangerous. So when will the National Review piggyback on the biggest story in America today? Cindy Adams column in the New York Post. <laughs> 
Sid Rosenberg versus Chris Cuomo in the ring. Have you seen this one yet, Rich? No, no. Tell, I, oh, I got to text no it to more. you. I'll, I'll text it to you right now. I had a three-day text conversation with the psycho Chris Cuomo last week. Where it, it, all I did was invite him on the show, and he said, wait a second. You're that guy that's been talking crap about my brother. I said, yeah, that's me. He goes, you're lucky I didn't put my arms around your neck when I saw you. I said, I, I, I swear. I go, I go, no, Chris, you're lucky you didn't do that. Anyway, it uh, it went on for three days, and Cindy Adams. Is that what's coming? <laughs> Basically, yeah. at this point, Rich, we're in the we're in the process of figuring out the ring size, what the right. rules are, whether referee. this is going to no, be an I MMA be or boxing. Guy. I so, would be like Mick and, and Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to be in my corner. It's hilarious. I'll be your corner guy. Hey, Rich, I, I texted it to you just now from uh, Cindy Adams. Awesome. And a lot of your so, columns are syndicated so, in the New so, York so, Post. So, so quick, quick, quick proposition for you. Do you agree or disagree? The Mahomes scramble at the end was the most clutch quarterback run since Vince Young and the Rose Bowl wow. in 2006. True or false? I got to tell you, I remember that one against USC very, very well against Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush, and the Trojans. It is a great analogy, and it may be true. Yes, that may be the Thank case. You. Yeah, Thank listen, you. Mahomes is great. Um, I like the Eagles, but uh, I've got two weeks to change my mind about a thousand times. <laughs> anyway, before we hang up, you must wish Rich Lowry, our mutual friend, my partner today, Andrew Giuliani. A happy 37th birthday. Wow, happy birthday. Way to go. Anything, anything below 40 is great. <laughs> so, uh, good for you. Enjoy it. Yeah, Enjoy I, every day of it. I, <laughs> right, Sid? So right, man. I got LT number 56 staring me right in the face this April. I'll take 40 in a heartbeat. Hey, Rich, as always, an amazing right, appearance, man. We love you. Thank you. Happy birthday, Andrew. Thank you, Rich. What a great job. Every Monday morning at 740, the editor of the National Review, he's always great. Rich Lowry.